Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. once in a while a guest comes along and blows me away and that's what happened when I met Danny this week. Danny is absolutely fascinating as he shares his journey through shyness and anxiety but not only that it felt like I had therapy on air. When you're facing a challenge actually first of all ask yourself why is it happening now so begin to shift your mindset from why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me. And then when you've got that challenge, find out what are the benefits to you of actually having this experience. Now, a lot of people get a little bit confused here because they think benefits mean feel good. But what I mean by benefits is in terms of actually your human growth. So is it helping you be more independent? Is it pushing you to learn new things? Is it helping you to take on something you haven't managed before? So when we can view challenges through that lens, we can see our setbacks as opportunities for growth, and then we can appreciate the things that really go well. Join Danny and I today. Your future self may just thank you. I am joined by the fabulous Danny Greaves and Danny is a coach at Danny Greaves Coaching and is author of Six Steps to Self-Confidence. Hello there Danny. Hello thank you for having me. Bless you thank you for joining me. I'm not quite on my deathbed but I've got Covid so um, we'll do it remotely be pleased to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well I admire you still going through with it. We'll see how we go. Bless you. I loved that you reached out to me because you've got a story which I think so many of us have touched on in our life. So please do share your story of positive changes. Yeah, absolutely. When I was younger and my memories go back to like young school years, that's sort of where they kind of start. I was generally quite shy mainly in terms of actually expressing myself and telling people how I really felt about them. So I had some really good friends and I had an amazing family, but one thing I struggled with was actually being able to speak up and express myself. And the way that this really held me back was when it came to trying to form relationships, like trying to date someone or trying to find um, a loving partner. And 
as this kind of rolled on, it started to develop into more of an issue where I'd start to feel quite anxious, I'd start to feel quite stressed, and I would tend to rely on things to give me a bit of a bump up. So like when I was at uni, you know, you've got the, the backing of alcohol, so that usually blurs the lines a little bit. And I'd use that as a bit of a crutch to try and help me through. But all the way through, I was trying to find a relationship and it just wouldn't work for me or one way or another. And I got into the mindset of thinking, when I finally find a relationship, then I'll feel better about myself and I'll feel happier and my life will be better. And it turned out that the more I chased that and the more sort of intensively I tried to pursue it, the less I could actually be myself. And then the more I just tried to impress people, which made me feel worse. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And like, I'm quite a confident little soul, but I was painfully shy as a child, really bad. Couldn't make eye contact, nothing. And I was probably quite mute until about 16, but yeah it is that we think we're trying to find who we are they're trying to find who we are by looking into someone else so no total sense Danny I love it yeah and it got to the point in my late 20s where I was like okay this has been going on for quite a while now I've tried all of the tools that I have at my disposal maybe it's time that I actually get a little bit of help and so I reached out um, to a coach who'd been highly recommended to me we had one session and then 10 days later, I met my wife, but also that set off a chain reaction where I really got deep on the personal development work, cleared a lot of that emotional baggage. And I realized that actually I could be more than fulfilled by myself and then having a loving partner just added to it. So it completely reframed my position on what it meant to be in a relationship. I think that's brilliant because I just know there's going to be loads of people out there just thinking, oh, well, I'm really shy and that's who I am. And they just go through the rest of their life. But you, that is a serious positive change. You're like, well, I've got the tools. I've got know what I want to do, but it's not happening. And I think that's really powerful. Did it feel a courageous thing to do to seek help? It felt a scary thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that you could probably look back and say it was courageous after I'd done it. At the time, I was just thinking it just got to the point where the pain became enough for me to take action. And I found this, particularly with my clients now, the hardest step is actually just making that first call or making that first email. And then once that's done, generally it's it's an upward trajectory but I think there's so much resistance to that first call that actually there's another human being on the end of the phone so once you have a little bit of a chat and that ball has started rolling then I think positive change just really continues. I love that I have to ask it sounds like super coach you went to a coach and then 10 days later you meet your wife that's a beautiful synchronicity tell us about that. Well, I had, I was on every online dating app under the sun. I was just doing everything that I could and I was going on dates. So the issue wasn't that I couldn't find a date. The issue is that I just never really felt myself. And I was always trying to impress or hoping they would like me or going over the top. And looking back, I was, probably came across as quite needy because I was just trying to do my best. 
and then when I had my session and it just kind of unlocked my gave me a bit more permission to just be me and then as soon as I relaxed and just said okay this is me then everything changed so I think although there's an incredible amount of tools out there that that permission and actually helping yourself to be who you are that's where so much of the change happens and so I know like a lot of people we've had on the show they tend to be people pleasers they think I don't really know who I am but I'll please others and that comes from like often a childhood is there anything from the childhood that made you shy or not understand yourself was it just one of those things I would say that there's definitely contributing factors from when I was younger. I mean, there was certain times, particularly when I was younger, my hair was bright orange and I felt I stood out a little bit and I sometimes got a little bit of teasing, nothing like uh, compared to what some people get, but that made me really self-conscious. And the more self-conscious I became, the more I would sort of hold it in rather than dare to voice it. And then it just became a habit. I think so many of the things that we get stuck in is because we form a habit and we don't have the space or we don't have the guidance to just break the habit. And a lot of the time, that's what we need, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes, even though we might not like where we are, we know where we are, if that makes sense. So it yeah. might not be where we want to end up, but sometimes I think, oh, just for quiet life, better the devil you know and all that. But I exactly. love the fact that you went and got help. So tell us more about that, about the coaching, what happens inside of that. So that was the first time that I learned about something called an emotional memory image. And it was something that was completely brand new to me. And there isn't really much research on it. There's a few papers on it and there's a lot of data on it. And since then, I've been doing all my work around it. And actually, it was the work with the emotional memory image that actually got everything to shift. So would it be helpful if I explained that a little bit? Because probably people won't understand what that means. <laughs> that would have been my next question. I was thinking, it sounds <laughs> fascinating. So I was thinking, I was breaking it down into the three words, Dan. You're thinking emotional. So it's something you're carrying, memories, how you remember an image. Yes, do it for us. <laughs> we can think of it as whenever you're involved in an event that you perceive to be threatening. So whether that's anxiety, whether it's stress, whether it's panic, whether it's fear, whatever that emotion is, if it's intense enough, your mind will store information about that event for future reference. So one of the nicest ways I was told about it is your mind almost bookmarks that event and it puts a high level of importance on it so that if you come near anything that reminds you of that initial event, your body sets off the alarm bells. And when we have that sort of teenage and growing up period, and I don't know anyone who hasn't had a few challenges, or you might say traumas, or you might say painful events. But what happens is our mind stores information about those, but it stores it at a below conscious level. So we're left with the feelings and the emotions, but we can't access the cause of it. So an emotional memory image is actually what the mind stores as a result of the event. And when we gain conscious access to that again, we can clear it, we can upgrade it, we can use lots of coaching tools, and then that allows all of that previous emotion to release. So in that first session, we worked with one or two emotional memory images from when I was younger. And as soon as they were cleared, 
it was just like a weight was off my shoulders. And that's the thing that made me think, okay, this physio career, because I was a physio at the time, this isn't what I want to do going forwards. This emotional memory image thing is possibly the coolest thing I've ever seen. So <laughs> that's when I started to make the transition into helping people clear their own. I like that. So are you hypnotized or are you just sitting there and you're wide awake and aware? It's just conversational. So what you've probably noticed is when you chat to someone, sometimes they're looking at you and then at other times their eyes will drift away. So NLP would say, depending on their eye positions, you can get a sense of what's going on. But actually, there's something that happens in between those two moments that's really, really quick. But when we slow it down and bring attention to it, that's where the emotional memory image is. So the most extreme example of this is if you think of someone who has PTSD, that's when the emotional memory image has seeped into their conscious awareness. So it comes in and it intrudes and it affects them even when they don't want to. When they're milder, they're sitting in the background, but we don't actually know about them until you meet someone like me who helps you point them out. And then it's like, oh, my God, how did I not see that? So that's why sessions are really, really fun, because it's not me doing anything. It's just helping someone learn about it. And I think that's kind of a fun way of approaching change. I love the fact it's just conversational. And I, I did clinical hypnotherapy, Danny, but even I'm thinking, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, there's elements where I introduce hypnotherapy as well. And sometimes you know, that's the most effective tool we have. Um, but this emotional memory image thing just really made a shift for me. Yeah, no, I love it. So does it like bookmark something in our life, not as a negative, but as in like a protective measure? So like, say like we're, I don't know, trying to think of an example now, but let's say we go through something and we don't like it. So we get like slapped by an ex or something. Yeah. And then we remember that. And then so when we meet someone new, we think, oh, we don't trust him because that's happened before. Is it that kind of thing? It's an emotional memory, so. Kind of. But kind it's of, but more no, of a sense of no, it's, it's kind of, but it's more of a sense of you when you meet someone new, you would feel uncomfortable and you would think there's something just not quite right, but yeah. you wouldn't know why. And it's because the emotional memory image is running below consciousness. So when we bring it conscious, it makes sense. But before that, it just sits in the background. So for anyone listening who's had anxiety before, and I remember quite a few instances of that sometimes it can rush up on you really quickly and you genuinely have no idea what's triggered it now i've found that there's these memory emotional memory images that have somehow been triggered that actually cause that emotion to come on so it's almost like being a bit of a detective and just finding out what the cause is um, and making it rather being unconscious making it conscious this could be some real food for thought because I did like, um, I say clinical hypnotherapy, but past life regression as well. And also like when I meet someone, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about them. So I'm thinking, oh, it's her past life thing. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. my intuition. But it might not be. It might be simply something I've been exposed to in this life. And I'm still carrying yeah. that. Absolutely. And obviously everyone is different. And when we have certain tools that we know work, I think we do tend to view it through that lens, don't we? I think that's, yeah. just, that's just human nature. But 
the easy thing about this technique is you can tell very, very quickly if it is that or if it's not. So that's why a normal conversation is usually enough to bring it out. I love that because I know like when I used to do my past life regression, it's quite, you know, it could take like an hour to induce someone down to that relaxed state. But I love the fact you can heal so quickly through conversation. And that's one of the most attractive things about it, that it works with a, a degree of speed. Obviously, it doesn't, it's not a magic bullet. It doesn't just you have a conversation and then all of your problems have disappeared, <laughs> although uh, that would be wonderful but it is a way of actually making change quite effectively and quite quickly. So the easiest example that I could maybe describe in terms of how it works is someone, for example, who has a spider phobia. That's the usual example that I use. So let's say when you were three, you were in the living room and then you saw a spider crawl on your arm. And as a three-year-old, you screamed and then cried and cried and cried and cried. So your system registers that as a threat and your system registers the spider as a threat. So what happens is as you go forwards, your mind stores a big scary image of a spider at a below conscious level. So even when you're 40 and you're you know, successful, you're powerful, your business is flying, and then you see a tiny little spider, it's not the spider that you see because it's your mind seeing that spider from when you were three. So as soon as we interrupt that, then actually the, the connection to the past is disrupted and then you can come back to being you again. I love this. I was going to ask what other counselling tools you had when you met that time, but I think it would, I'm done at EMI. That'll do yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So were there other tips at all? I don't think you need them, if I'm honest, Danny. We could just call it a wrap, couldn't we? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as, you know, you mentioned your past, we did then drifted into a little bit of hypnotherapy to, to round it off. Um, but the main bulk was that sort of EMI work or emotional memory image. I absolutely love it. So what other tips and tools helped you? I know this was obviously a huge shift and you met your wife and things like that. But what other tools helped you? I would say one of the biggest things that helped me on an ongoing basis, and it's not something that uh, shifted my life in one day, this is something that bubbled up over a period of time, was actually changing the way I looked at challenges. Okay. So when I was particularly younger and I would come up against a challenge, then I would view it as negative, I would view it as being unfair, what did I do to deserve this, how has this happened? And then that would lead me into a quite a negative mindset and I'd end up being stuck. So one of the most useful things I was taught by one of my mentors is when you're facing a challenge, actually, first of all, ask yourself, why is it happening now? So begin to shift your mindset from why is this happening to me to why is this happening for me? And then when you've got that challenge, find out what are the benefits to you of actually having this experience. Now, a lot of people get a little bit confused here because they think benefits mean feel good. But what I mean by benefits is in terms of actually your human growth. So is it helping you be more independent? Is it pushing you to learn new things? Is it helping you to take on something you haven't managed before? So when we can view challenges through that lens, we can see our setbacks as opportunities for growth. And then we can appreciate the things that really go well. 
So what I found is by applying that approach, my mindset stopped being quite so volatile, like, oh, this is great. Oh, this is awful. Oh, this is great. To being more grounded and more level, which I find is a much more balanced way to live. For anyone watching on YouTube, I'm taking notes as Danny's speaking, thinking, right, Shirley, why is this happening for me? <laughs> Having just got COVID for the second time. <laughs> mm. And that may require a little bit of digging for you. I know. Then I'm going to get some EMI and I'm going to be sorted, I tell you. <laughs> uh, because uh, those have been following me for a while. I know that I had long COVID for like 11 months. And then I just heard a corner. And after two weeks, I thought, this is brilliant. I'm going to go return to work. And then I've got COVID again. I'm like, why is this happening for me? I've put a big bubble there and I've put benefits underneath <laughs> and human and growth. There we go. It can take some, it can really take some looking. And I wouldn't expect the answers to just pop up, particularly if it feels like a re really big block. But you look through all the areas of life. So how is it going to be advantageous to you in terms of family life? How will it help you financially, mentally, spiritually, socially, vocationally? And if you keep circling through it, and the biggest advice for this question is don't think of it as, is there a benefit? Think of yeah. it as, what is the benefit? Because then you're kind of just aiming towards it and it will pop out. I'm writing this all down. I feel like having therapy on air. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right, thank you for my homework, Danny. That's down on paper. <laughs> and I'll see you next week and we'll review it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write down about the spider. I think I was about three when he got attacked by a spider. There you go. Attack. Probably wasn't an attack. Why did the spider happen to me? Write that down. I love this. I do actually feel like my chest is lighter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, therapy with Danny Greaves. So bless you challenges I see I love the word challenges and I always say like as you say it's about that growth isn't it and the lesson in it and it's sort of you know we don't often have our greatest growth from sitting on a yoga mat and things like that so I do love the word challenges but the way you phrase it just made me think I have my cogs are turning I think do the show Shelley but my, <laughs> my brain's kicking over thinking why have I got COVID again two weeks after I got clear the first one and things like that and it it's a really interesting process. Yeah, and it's, it just gets you to reflect. And when you think of it as why is it happening for you, then once you get those answers, you can see, okay, this isn't actually in my way. It's just guiding me along the way. And I think that takes a lot of the sting out of the challenge and you can kind of move forwards with it. Yeah, and I think for and me... not by any way pretending that that means I wake up every day when I have a challenge and I'm full of joy and enthusiasm. It just means if I feel stuck, I know I've got a tool that I can actually work through it and it does transform. So it's, it's just something to have in the toolbox. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. So people out there today, whether they've got like, I don't know, COVID or they're struggling with anxiety or self-image and things like that, what's the one thing you would say they can do right now, right today? The easiest thing that I can ask people to do is to, first of all, get a little journal or a little notebook. And I recommend just one five minute exercise a day. And it's, again, something that won't change your life in a day. But after a three to four months of it, it makes a huge difference on your outlook. And it's just a simple exercise. First of all, 
you just write down in the last 24 hours who or what has supported me in what I find meaningful. So you're looking for the support so you can share a gratitude. And now that's that's fairly common. That's something that's practiced by a lot of people. And that's your starting point. And then your second point is in the last 24 hours, who has challenged me or what has challenged me? And then you apply the same question. So what benefits did this get for me? How is this helping me grow? And it takes five minutes. But if you pick the biggest thing you're grateful for and the biggest challenge in the last day, and you bring them both to a place where you can appreciate them, that actually makes quite a big difference to your emotional well-being, to your confidence, and to the belief you have in yourself. I love that. I'm just writing it all down with my fancy pink pen, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just like, in the last 24 hours, I'm grateful for Danny. And I think my challenges would have to be me breathing because of COVID. There you go. Talk amongst yourself, listener. I'm just writing some notes <laughs> down. <laughs> Not if even they've joking. got a pen and pencil, they can be doing theirs. Yeah, so join in. Do you know what journaling comes up so much when I say to people like what's one positive change you can recommend today journaling comes up again and again and again and I must say I don't do it I don't know if it's because I'm a writer so I do a lot of writing anyway yeah but it can't be by coincidence that so many people say about journaling I think it's first and foremost it's one way to get something out of your head and I think a lot of us when we're struggling we keep it inside so first of all, getting it out on paper actually helps. So I was chatting with a client yesterday and he woke up quite anxious in the morning. And so I just asked him to write it out on a bit of paper and he wrote it out on a paper, read it aloud and realized how ridiculous it was. But he'd been chewing that over for about eight hours. So I think it's one way of getting things out on paper. It's a way of actually looking at a problem from a different perspective. And sometimes people write, do this exercise on their notes section in their phone. Sometimes they record it as an audio message so they can play it back. So journaling is the most common way, but actually just going through it in the shower would be beneficial for you. So if I can't get you to do any journaling, then actually when you're in the shower, just run through the couple of questions and that'll be enough for you. See, I like that because I do have, I do wake up with quite a busy head and, uh, I do. I probably would find it easy just to think it and then answer the questions from that. Although I did write it down on air. I did do it there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, particularly if you do a lot of writing already, I mean, you might actually benefit from doing a different approach. So thinking for you might be the one that works yeah. for you. So um, I think we've all got different ways of doing things, but the tool is there. It's just how you apply it for you. Yeah, I think when I start to write down, I think that's 25p a word I'm charging. <laughs> Oh, that would be quite nice because it means you're paying yourself every day yeah <laughs> I did do morning pages years ago um I like to move house Danny it's probably an issue in there that needs EMI as well <laughs> but <laughs> many years ago when I didn't live in this house another one I used to do morning pages and it was really insightful that I used to like write it down and then if I did read it back I'd say things like I think I thought and I realized in writing the morning pages I didn't do much but I did think a lot (laughs) (laughs) 
you're just like, I think this, I think that. Today's thought, and I was like, you're doing a lot of thinking, love, but how much of it's actually true? <laughs> well, that's some lovely feedback for you. <laughs> that's probably why I stepped away from it. That's why I drive myself slightly mad. But I do like the fact I could just think what has challenged me, what has supported me. So that's the listener's homework. I've already done mine on air, so that's mine. I'm ticking myself off for that. Good yeah. <laughs> Danny Greaves, you've been fabulous, but you're even more fabulous because you've got some freebies for the listeners. So tell us about that. Yes. So as I mentioned, one of the things that I used to really struggle with is expressing myself. So the mission that I'm on is helping people to express themselves. So what I offer is like a two minute scorecard. So it offers you, asks you some specific questions to find out where your main challenge is. Then it gives you a personalized report with a couple of exercises to practice and then a little hypnotherapy recording to give you a bit of a boost in the right direction. So it comes as a little one, two, three package and you can find that on my website, which is www.dannygreavescoaching.com. That's fabulous. And I shall put that in the show notes because people could be driving or out jogging, not me for sure. But um, yeah. <laughs> if you see me out running, I'm being chased, send for help. Um, but that would no, be the I, same for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry if you're out and about, we shall stick that in the show notes. And as easy as one, two, three, Danny Greaves will give you therapy just like I've had today. <laughs> Danny Greaves, you're absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for so much for having me, especially the way that you're feeling and getting through <laughs> things. So thank you so much for carrying on. Bless you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelly F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelly F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>